but I, I'm gonna have to put a disclaimer on this episode. Will be triggering, may cause tears. Listen at your own discretion. Welcome to A Change of Heart Podcast. I'm your host, Angel Walston. And in this space, we navigate life together. We ask the hard questions like, what is the truth you haven't told? But most importantly, we grow together. And sometimes that leads to A Change of Heart. Welcome back to another episode of A Change of Heart Podcast. I am your host, Angel Walston. And today we are having quite the heavy conversation, if I don't say so myself. And because of that, I decided that I wanted us to start off as lighthearted as possibly. And so we are going to have a very simplistic, a very easy question of the day. And that is, what is your favorite dad joke? Listen, we need it real light today, okay? So I have two, and I'm going to share both of them with you. One of my favorite dad jokes is, what type of pants do the Super Mario Brothers wear? Denim, denim, denim. I just, it's stupid, but I love it. Um, the other one that I like is, what did Simba's daddy tell him to do in the jungle? Simba, Mufasa. Like, Mufasa, but Mufasa. <laughs> So those are some of my favorite dad jokes. I'm pretty sure I have other ones, but those two are like, they're so corny, but it makes me laugh. So those are my favorite ones. If you are watching this on my YouTube channel, make sure that you leave your response in the comment section. Let me know what your favorite dad joke is. And if you are listening to this, you can put your answer in the question box on my Instagram stories at Angel C. Walston. All right, guys. So let's have a heart to heart. Let's talk. I mentioned at the end of season two, I believe it was the last um, episode, I talked about how one of the things that I'm really trying to work on this year is vulnerability. And with vulnerability comes hard conversations. It requires a lot of reflection. It requires a lot of conversations that I'm like, oh, didn't know we need to talk about that. Like didn't know that needed to be addressed. And so as a result of that, today we are talking about healing your inner child. Doesn't that in itself just sound like super heavy? But we're going to deep dive. We're like, this is probably going to be more than likely the most difficult episode I've ever had to record. But I think that it is going to be a good conversation. And I decided that I was not going to do any notes. We're just going to talk and we're going to let whatever comes up. We're going to let it come up. So this is going to be like a therapy session that I'm having with myself that I'm like allowing y'all in on this process and hoping that y'all get some healing too on the way. So y'all pray for me because this is not going to be easy. All right. So let me break down what led to me saying, okay, I think I want to do an episode on healing your inner child. So I'm on Instagram. This was actually a couple of months ago, maybe like a month, two months ago. I'm on Instagram, minding my black business, might I add, going through stories. And in someone's story, they had posted this post from her at is this is Yolanda R on Instagram. And let me go ahead and forewarn you, follow at your own discretion because her post will have you crying. <laughs> like It's really good, but 
it is going to force you to have some difficult conversations with yourself. It's going to force you to really think. It's going to it's going to force you to like really deal with some stuff. And I wasn't ready for that when I was just scrolling through Instagram. Like I just wanted to watch people's stories on vacation and somebody put this in their stories. And when I say I was triggered, like as soon as I started reading it, I immediately started crying. And let, let's just go ahead and jump into it. So the post says, when people say you were such a good kid growing up, it means you expressed no needs and did as you were told. A lot of the good kids were anxious kids, the sensitive kids who could sense the frustration of the adults in their lives whenever they express their needs. So this is a reminder for parents to check on their good kids. Chances are they learn to stay quiet about their needs. Sensitive and even tempered children will shape themselves in whoever you want them to be. This is their way of coping. And like I said, when I saw that, I was like, ooh, ooh, immediately started crying. And I'm like, why is this triggering me in this way? Because one, it was completely unexpected. It was not something I was looking for. It literally just slapped me in my face while I'm not in my business. And I realized that it triggered me because it was something that it probably was the first time that I had saw something that I felt so seen and it gave me language to something that I did not know that I did not have language for. And so we're going to unpack this and I'm going to try really hard not to cry because I, I don't, I don't like to watch people cry on camera. It's like, you really recorded yourself doing that. So I don't want to be that person, but in the same breath, it's like, we're working on being vulnerable, <laughs> which you clearly can tell in my voice how I'm feeling about that process. But I feel like this is, this has been a conversation I've had with myself, with my life coach that has really been healing for me and is still something that I'm unpacking. And so I'm taking you all along on my process and my thought process of breaking this down. And hopefully it will be healing and helpful for someone else as well. So let's unpack, shall we? So when I initially saw this, the first thing that came to mind was why I felt so seen and why I felt like, oh my gosh, this gave me language for so many things in my life as an adult was because one of the things that I've shared with you all before is that I am definitely someone who tends to process things alone. So if I have things going on, I tend to process it by myself before I bring it to someone else. Um, I don't tend to dump on people in the sense of I'm typically not the person that's going to call and be like, oh my God, girl, like that's typically it's un I'm not saying it never happens. I'm just saying that's not typically I'm typically not the person to do that and I realized in this so let me give this disclaimer this is not to badmouth my parents or anything by any means like they're good peeps okay I'm realizing that there are a lot of things that I carried as a child not because it was put on me to carry but just through observation I realized like okay let me be mindful of how I respond and so in growing up, I realized that I was aware of different areas where there was tension within our home. And I was aware of different strains within our family, even if I did not understand it. And you know how like when you're younger, 
you can pick up when like mom's not happy or dad's upset or they're whatever it might be like you can pick up on it you might not know like what's going on but you can you can feel that tension you can feel that energy and so I realized that early on I adopted this mindset that it's a lot going on and I don't want to add to it and even just like going through this process as an adult and thinking about like Angel why do you process things alone why do you tend to not always share with people what you're going through when you have something that is bothering you why don't you always talk about that and I realized that although it was never said to me that we don't have time for you or we can't handle this we can't deal with this we have our own stuff I as a child process here we go I as a child process that there wasn't space for that and let me say this this was an assumption that I made this was not something that was said to me or that was placed on me this is something that I took on as okay I'm aware that something's going on here I'm aware that there's a strain I'm aware that there is stressors and so I don't want to add to that and so I've talked about before of just being like a rule follower to a T and a part of that as as well is this feeling of like well maybe if I do everything right it'll make things better maybe if I if I do all the right things it will it, it will help to ease the tension it will help to make the bad things go away and as a child you don't know how to process that right like you don't you don't realize that whether it's said to you or not and let me let me be very clear about this whether your parents may have said you know like we have all of these things going on we can't deal with you like whether that was said or not like as children our minds are being formed at that point and we are realizing we're realizing certain things and even when we may not understand it fully we still can be in a position where we we want to fix things but we don't know how to and so I realized for myself that my way of fixing things was, well, let me do everything right. And maybe if I do everything right, that then that would that would make things better and that would fix things. Not realizing that that wasn't my responsibility, but also in this mindset of, well, let me do everything right so that that will fix things. I internalize that in me being doing everything right, I don't want to rock the boat. I don't want to bring any issues. I don't want to cause any problems. I want to be the good kid. And so when you have that mindset, you then internalize everything and you say, okay, well, let, let me deal with my bad days by myself. Let me handle the things that I am dealing with. Let me process that alone because I don't want to rock the boat. I don't want to add to whatever problems that I'm aware yet unaware of. And I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't want to be the cause or the reason 
to add to any more sadness or any more hurt or any more pain. I need a minute. <laughs> All right, I told y'all this was gonna get heavy. <laughs> listen, listen. I, I forewarned you, okay, that I, I'm gonna have to put a disclaimer on this episode. Will be triggering, may cause tears. Listen at your own discretion. So with all of that, so in having that mindset, especially as a child, I unintentionally created in my mind that there's no space for me to be upset, to be hurt, to have a bad day or any of that because I don't want to rock the boat. I want to be the good kid. And in thinking about this idea of healing that part of my inner child, it's really forcing me to come to terms with this idea that I have carried around this mindset that I, I enforced. No one put that on me. Okay, I want to be very clear about that. No one put that on me. But I've carried around this mindset that I got to make sure everybody else is good. And so I make sure I'm good because I don't want to be a burden. I don't want to put my stuff on anyone. I don't want to be in a position where I am adding to someone else's problems. And so let me deal with me with just me. And I'm now having to unlearn that at 33, something I've carried for at least a solid, what, 20 years, if not more than, probably more than that. And so really just being able to be in the space to acknowledge that, like, okay, this is a mindset that I've carried for decades at this point. Now I have to go in and heal that inner child and unlearn that part of me. And so when I was talking to my life coach about it, she said, I want you to go back to whatever age you were the first time you had that feeling of, I got to make sure that, you know, like I'm the good kid, that I don't rock the boat, that I don't cause any issues, that I don't mess anything up. I have to make sure of that. I want you to go back to that age and I want you to tell that, that age of angel that or actually she asked me, what is it that you would say to, to Angel at, let's say, I don't know, I'm just going to throw an age out. Say to Angel at eight years old. Um, and I think my initial response was like, I don't know, like, I don't want to play this game. Like, I, I don't want to think about feelings. I don't want to do this. And she said, how about starting with, hey, it, it wasn't your responsibility to protect their feelings. It wasn't your it wasn't your responsibility to fix it. Like it was just your responsibility to be a kid. And it wasn't your responsibility to feel like doing the right things would have made it better because it, 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 it wasn't you who made it bad. And even just to, there was more to it, but I'm gonna leave it at that. But even just being able to like step back and to have the conversation and to even have the thought of going back to an age where you took on this mindset that then shaped everything that you did going into adulthood 
to go back to that, even in having that conversation with the eight-year-old angel, there's still like this, like this tug of war, this struggle, because it's a mindset that I've carried for so long and that I've now taken on as, I wouldn't say as my identity, but something that I've taken on as, okay, we have to unlearn this, but it's deeply rooted in us that this is what it is. And so I show that to say, in dealing with people like myself, those of us who struggle with vulnerability, those of us who struggle with having the hard conversations, those of us who um, use humor as a defense mechanism, because that helps us to, like you hear people say, laugh to keep from crying. That's like a, a for real thing. <laughs> like those of us who struggle with vulnerability and laughter is a defense mechanism. Listen, baby, it literally is. We're laughing to keep from crying for real, for real. So on one hand, it's like, it's good that you're able to acknowledge like, all right, so this here, we have identified as something from our childhood that we need to address, that we need to heal, that we need to be able to move forward from. But then there's a whole nother aspect over here of you holding yourself accountable as an adult for what you can now change. Because I will say this, I don't hold eight-year-old Angel accountable for the, how I chose to process what I encountered, what I experienced. I don't hold eight-year-old Angel accountable for that. I am, however, holding 33-year-old Angel, this whole grown adult over here, accountable to say like, okay, we've acknowledged this now and we have to make the choice to do it differently. And in doing it differently, a part of the accountability is accepting and acknowledging the fact that this is how we have always done things. This is something that has been ingrained in us. So now we have to do the opposite and understanding that that's going to be uncomfortable. We ain't going to like it. We are not going to want to do it, but we have to be willing to do it differently than what we've always been doing because in order for us to heal that part of us, we have to acknowledge that it's not working. And we have to acknowledge that we have been stuck here essentially. So it's like, I'm 33, but it's like this mindset has been stuck at age eight when it was formed. And so we have to heal that part of us so that we can get to a place where we're able to develop a new healthier outlook and mindset on things so that we don't continue to repeat this pattern. We don't continue to carry something that has been something that has been detrimental to us more so than it has helped us. Because ultimately what I thought I was doing as a child was I'm protecting my family, you know? I'm, I'm helping them by not bringing my stuff to the table because I'm the good kid. I don't give you any issues. I don't cause any problems. I'm, I'm not in trouble. Like I'm the good kid. You don't have to worry about me. You have all this other stuff to worry about, but when it comes to Angel, you don't ever have to worry about me. And I realized another way, honestly, that that plays in just relationships as a whole is I tend to play the background a lot. And I know that people are like, girl, shut up. You have a YouTube channel. You have a podcast. <laughs> like, You have all of this stuff that you are very much so in the forefront. Hear me clearly on this. All of this stuff, it involves people at in 
like a second cousin removed type of situation, if that makes sense. I don't think that makes sense. What I mean is the things that I'm doing, I'm very much so alone recording this podcast right now. Yes, you all are listening. Yes, you all are viewing it. But it's like after the fact. And so as a result of that, it's like, yes, I have things that I'm obviously like the forefront person. I'm the one who is the face of it. But when it comes to like in-person things where I have to interact and deal with people and do all of those things, I tend to play the background. I tend to be the person that I go under the radar. Um, church is a great example of that. It's like I come to church, I serve, I do what I need to do. I don't ask anybody for anything. I come in, I do my business and I go out. And I realize that in a lot of situations, not church is an example, but even with my job, like in so many different areas, I realized that I have shrunk even to go under the radar so that I don't have to rock the boat so that I'm not someone who's always asking for things or I'm not someone who's always bringing my issues, my problems, whatever it might be. And that is rooted in this childhood mindset that I created for myself that I'm the good kid. I don't cause issues. You don't have to worry about me. You know that I'm always gonna be good. I'm not gonna rock the boat. I'm not gonna make you upset. I'm not gonna, you like, when everybody else is coming to you and bothering you, I'm never gonna bother you because I'm the good kid. And in reality, there's there are a lot of us, the good kids, who have carried around this mindset. There are a lot of us who have carried around this belief that, you know, I'm, I'm gonna play the background, I'm gonna stay out of the way, I'm not gonna cause any issues, I'm not gonna cause any problems. And we don't even realize how, how deeply that is rooted in us in a way that is not healthy. And I will say for, Children who grew up in households where there was a lot of arguing, where there was a lot of tension. This part where it says a lot of the good kids were anxious kids, that definitely can be a result of it. But the sensitive kids who could sense the frustration of the adults in their lives whenever they express their needs, even just realizing how I tend to pick up on other people's weariness, their frustrations, their overwhelmness, their anxiousness, all of that and realizing that I will 100% pull back on my own stuff because like, oh, I can sense that you have something that's bothering you right now. So let's deal with your stuff. Let's address your stuff. And listen, y'all, this is a part of my calling and my purpose for sure. But that's also a very big part of me being a fixer, me being a person who people feel comfortable going to for advice because I'm typically the person that people come to. I'm not typically the person that comes to people. And so people are used to and feel very comfortable opening up to me and sharing to me because I create this space for that. And a large reason of why I create this space for that for people, and honestly, unintentionally at times, is because I know what it feels like to feel like the space is not created for you to do that. And I know what it feels like to be in a space where you feel like 
everybody comes to you for advice, everybody comes to you for encouragement, and you don't have anything, you don't have anyone to be that to you. And so I've learned that a lot of people who are also encouragers, also people who are giving advice, also people who are typically like the token person in their friend group, their family, who that's who people come to for when they need to talk, when they need to vent. Those people tend to come to me because like I don't have the opportunity to like do this to anyone else without feeling like, oh, I need to I need to, you know, make sure that I'm, I'm taking care of whatever's going on with them. Hopefully that makes sense. And so as a result of that, we can be in a place where we become enablers and we can be put in a position where people end up becoming dependent on us unintentionally. And some of us, if we want to be really honest, for those of us who are fixers and nurturers and all of that, we can be in a position where we become so used to helping people that we become dependent on being the person that people are dependent on. And to have that removed, it's like, whoa, you know? Um, and I will also say in situations where you may have um, had a single parent or where you had a where your parents were divorced, whatever it might be. Um, I know there are situations where children become almost like a parent child unintentionally because they are trying to make sure that the parent that is there, they're trying to make sure that that parent is good. They don't want to see them hurt again. They don't want to see them um, in a position where they are lacking or going without. And so as a child, you unintentionally take on this role and this responsibility of, I want to make sure that they are good. And being in that space, you don't realize like the weight that you carry with that, that was never for you to carry. And there are a lot of parent childs who have taken on the identity and the role of I got to make sure that my parents good. You know, I want to make sure that this person is taken care of. I want to make sure that this person is okay. I want to make sure that they're okay. And to remove the responsibility of that being your responsibility terrifies you. It's like, well, who's going to take care of them? Like, who's going to take care of my dad? Who's going to take care of my mom? Like, who's going to make sure they're good if I don't do it? And really having to sit with and acknowledge that is not your responsibility. Child, that in itself is a part of healing your inner child. And here's another thing, y'all. Even just giving yourself permission to relieve yourself of the responsibilities that you carried as a child that was like never for you like realizing like you didn't fully act as a child because you were so concerned about adult things that whether you whether that was put on you or not I know that there are certain circumstances where it was put on you as a child responsibilities where whether it was to take care of your other siblings whether it was to pay bills whether it was to make sure that your parents you know got home safe because of drugs alcohol whatever it might be like there's literally all kinds of things that's that's that can be your story um but and i feel like i'm rambling right now but i share all of that to say that 
in thinking about going through the process of healing your inner child, I want you to take the time to like really sit with your stuff. And it ain't, it is not easy. It is not pretty. It's not going to be comfortable, but really take the time to sit with your stuff and think about, okay, when I go back to five years old, six years old, eight years old, 10, 12, how, however old, what was the age that something was instilled in me that is showing up in ways in my life as an adult? that I'm realizing like, ooh, this is actually pretty problematic. <laughs> what are the things that, and here's the thing too, some of you may not know that there are things that are showing up in your life as an adult that is from your inner child that needs to be healed. Listen, y'all know I'm always promoting therapy. I am always, always going to promote therapy. It's so important for you to be able to have those conversations with people. Look at the things that trigger you. Look at the things that really cause you to like stop and be like, oh, I don't want to talk about it. I don't want to deal with it. I don't want to address it. Those are typically things that you need to deal with, that you need to talk about, that you need to address. <laughs> That's one I'm going to drop for free. That is a gem for free. The things that you typically don't want to talk about, the things you typically don't want to deal with, that you don't want to address, those are typically the things that we need to talk about the things that we need to heal, the things that we need to grow from. And so as you are going through this process of your inner child, I want to encourage you to forgive yourself for what you didn't know. Forgive your parents for what they didn't get right, doing the best that they could. And also this, accepting that, let me say this to parents as, as a grown adult, I've heard it said before from adults in general that, you know, I, I did the best that I could. And I, I receive that. I respect that on so many levels, especially as an adult, because I truly do believe that people do the best that they can. Not all, not always, but in general, <laughs> people do the best that they can with the information that they have, but also accepting that even though they did the best that they could, it, it still hurt you, you know? The decisions that they made still impacted you. It still didn't feel good. It still was something that you're having to heal from as an adult. And that's not to be a slight at parents. And so that's why I say I want to share that to parents as a full grown adult, that understanding that even with your best intentions, even with you doing the best that you knew how, the best that you could, that even in your best, sometimes you still drop the ball. Sometimes you still did something that really hurt your kid or that really left a mark on your kid in a way that they are now having to heal as an adult. And it's okay to acknowledge that. It doesn't make you a bad parent. It doesn't mean that you, like, you're this horrible parent. Not, not by any means, but I think that at times it, things can feel really dismissive when it's just like, I did the best that I could. And it's like, okay, I understand that, but it still kind of messed me up. You know what I mean? Like, and I'm saying this in a general sense. I'm not, this is not meant to be directed towards my parents, but yeah. Yeah, man. Um, I had more intentions of like giving you all more. How do we overcome this? How do we? 
I'm, I'm figuring it out too, okay? This is definitely a part of my be, my um, be healed journey for sure. And even being whole. Yeah. And being authentic as well, because it's also a part of me having to learn that I have to allow people, I have to, I have to allow people to, I have to give people the opportunity to create space for me to share and to be vulnerable and to be open without just saying, I'm fine, I'm good. Um, but yeah, I definitely would encourage for those of you who have to deal with people like me, oh, no, 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 We're not going to say that because that came across real negative, like I'm a burden or something. Uh, we're going to change our language, guys. <laughs> no, 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 what is it? Self-deprecating language. So for those of you who have friends like myself, friends and loved ones like myself, be patient with us. I will tell you this. Yes, create space for us to be able to open up and share for sure. Do not press us though. Like if you ask and we are not necessarily forthcoming or not open at that time, don't keep pressing. Um, I have someone who does that in my life currently and I, I, I do not like it. <laughs> like it makes us shut down, okay? And that's something else that I need to work on, okay? <laughs> Got all kinds of fun things to work on over here. But it, it, like the more you press, it's going to create a shutdown response. It's not going to create a like, oh, I feel so safe and vulnerable and willing to open up to you. No, it's going to be like, first of all, back up off me. <laughs> mind your business. That's all just mind your business. Don't, don't do that. Like all jokes aside, don't, don't keep poking the bear, okay? Don't keep pressing. Don't keep pushing. If they say... Some like give us the space to come to you. Um, as I was saying earlier about my friend who reached out to me and her and I had not talked in, I would say like months and her simply just asking the question, how are you doing for real, for real? I don't know if y'all can hear my niece so I apologize, but her just asking that it gave me the space to be like, okay, are you ready? <laughs> This is what's going on. And there was also the thing of how are you doing for real, for real? I want to hear about what's going on with your life. Catch me up. Like, let me know. That created a space where I felt like, okay, I'm sure she has things going on. But right now, she's giving me space to let her know what's going on with me. And I'm going to ask her how she's doing for sure. But this, it, it, it gave me the space to be like, okay. I can be honest with you and I can let you know what's going on. And I'll also say her and I, although we don't talk all the time, we do have a relationship where it's like, when we do talk, it's like, first of all, we've been dealing with the same thing. And <laughs> why, why did we not talk to each other sooner about this? But also it's always just been a space where it's like, okay, I can really share and I can be my full self with you. And I can, um, I know that that's a safe space. And that's something that's really big for me is creating a safe space because I am someone who I'm the type of person I will share something and then immediately like, oh, wish I had not said that. I probably should have kept that to myself. And so building that trust for me is like super important for me to be able to be like, OK, I've shared this and I don't regret it. <laughs> Maybe I can share a little bit more. So I will definitely say that that is something that is helpful. Um, but yeah, I will this I will close with this because I'm rambling now. Don't be afraid to do the inner work. Don't be afraid to cry. Don't record yourself crying. <laughs> Don't be afraid to have the honest conversation. Don't be afraid to have the conversation with your parents. 
Well, maybe some of you should be afraid to have a conversation with Koreans. And I'm not even trying to be funny in saying that. Um, read the room. You know your relationship with your parents. You know how they are. Because something else can be very triggering is having a conversation with someone to say like, hey, I'm processing this. This is how... This is what I'm realizing now. And some people are not ready to have that conversation. And I will say this. No shade to the older generation. No shade to our elders. However, my generation and younger, we are the ones who are really intentional about therapy. We are the ones that are really intentional about healing and growth and all of that. And I'm not saying that our parents are not open to it. And when I say parents, I'm, I'm speaking of like 60 plus, 50 plus, 60 plus, don't at me. But do keep in mind that that is a generation that is, I'm not, I don't want to say that they're anti-therapy, but they're less likely to go to therapy more so than we are because the stigma of it is more so associated with that generation more so than it is now. Like, I don't, I feel like the stigma has been lifted. Um, there is still somewhat of a stigma, I guess, associated with it. But um, I want to normalize talking about therapy. I want to normalize talking about mental health and all of that so that people feel like, oh, Angel's somewhat normal. <laughs> and she has a therapist. She has a life coach. And so maybe I'll, it'll be okay for me to go. Absolutely, it'll be okay. But I tell that to say that you're in a position, for the most part, that you are willing and wanting to do the inner work. You are willing to really address the things that have kept you stuck, that have kept you in a place where you are not fully thriving as you could as an adult. And as a result of that, you go to therapy, you have these conversations, you talk to yourself, you journal, you do whatever. And your parents may not have that same mindset. So in talking to them about these things, although you mean no disrespect, you mean no harm, it's not a, an accusatory type of conversation, they can still be defensive. So keep that in mind. Um, but I do think it's really important for you to be able to have a space where you can unpack these things with someone else that you trust that is a safe space. Because especially when like the emotions and everything come up, it's a lot to process. And you need to be able to have someone who is well-versed, aka a therapist, not necessarily your best friend, but a therapist, who can help you to process what you're feeling and who can help you to process like what you're thinking. And my life coach asked me a lot of questions like, okay, so why do you think eight-year-old Angel thought like that was the response? Why do you, why, what do you think that was about? What do you think that was rooted in? Do you feel still, do you still feel that way? And there was question, there were questions that she asked when her and I talked about it, that as I was processing it myself, I didn't even think to ask. I didn't even think to go back to it. So I do want to encourage that um, as you're going through the process of healing your inner child. But yeah, guys, this is a real one, eh? <laughs> But I do hope that this was um, the start of a conversation for you all that really encourages you to heal your inner child, that really encourages you to go back and think about things from your childhood that you may not have even realized was being triggered. I apologize. In, actually, I don't apologize in advance for the triggering conversation because I'm sure that this probably set some emotions 
um, that were unexpected, but I do believe that it's time for us to have the difficult conversations. It's time for us to have the uncomfortable conversations with ourselves so that we can really heal. Because what is it about? Be whole, be healed, be authentic. And I'm on this journey with you. I cannot stress that enough. I always say that this process of becoming the women who we want to be, it's not this one stop. It is literally an ongoing journey. It's an ongoing process. And I never, ever want you all to listen to my podcast, watch my YouTube videos, whatever it might be, and look at me and be like, oh, Angel has it all together. I wish that I could have it all together like her. Child, listen, honey, <laughs> sis ain't got it all together, okay? None whatsoever. I have my own things that I'm dealing with. I have my own things that I'm healing currently. I have things that I am working on internally and as I feel comfortable I will share with you all this was something I was like I feel like this is a conversation for the podcast there are gonna be things I don't share with y'all because that's my business and everything does not need to be for the public by any means but I do want to share things that can potentially help you all to heal and go through your own journey of healing because that is what it's all about so yeah guys that's all I got for you um <laughs> Aren't y'all glad we started with the question of the day that we did because, honey, we took a deep dive. But I hope that you all were encouraged by this conversation. Um, and if you would, if you have questions, if you want to share, if you want to let me know your feedback, I want to hear it. You can email me, leave it in the comment section, DM me, Instagram at Angel C. Walston. I don't really check my Facebook messages. I'm trying to be better about that, but I don't check them that often because it gets weird over there. And my DMs are weird over there. So I just don't check my DMs for real. So Instagram, I always check them though. So feel free to DM me. Feel free to send me an email. Let's chat it up. I hope you all have an amazing week. And until next time, be whole, be healed, and be authentic. Bye guys. Thank you so much for tuning into a Change of Heart podcast. I hope you were encouraged and please take a moment to share with a girlfriend and don't forget to download the episode. Lastly, I would love to connect with you. You can follow me on Instagram at Angel C. Walston and at a Change of Heart podcast. Have an amazing week and don't forget, be whole, be healed and be authentic.